So welcome. Here we are. I am in the company of these two good friends, people that I admire and I have known for a few years, Don Bird and BJ Ramon. And uh, you're going to get to know them. I, I, I think the idea is that we will introduce uh, uh, ourselves and, and tell a little bit more about us. But I just want to express uh, this uh, admiration for for people who are deep, people who are uh, committed to learn and uh, great coaches, uh, great counselor and um, people who actually um, are making a difference in the life of other people. The, the whole point of these conversations uh, is to explore together uh, the intersections, the similarities, the differences, the synergy even uh, into the, these three modalities, right, of uh, counseling. Um, we have a BJ as a counselor, uh, coaching, John is a great coach and uh, a spiritual direction, you know, that is a little bit my cup of tea. And I have to admit that I love uh, the, the other two. But um, uh, be before we introduce ourselves, I love to just say this. Uh, we have as a context of, of our relationship, a, a common experience, right? That's what bring, brings us together. And I want to acknowledge that, mention that, that is, this common experience is faith walking. Uh, the three of us have been part of the faith working process, spiritual formation process for a few years already. I mean, I know that I have been there since 2007, so it's pretty much a long time. But uh, uh, Don and BJ, you have been there also for a long time. And we, so we, we have learned to, to, to be in that space and, and, and kind of recognize uh, all the brokenness and celebration and dynamics. I call it the soul, the human soul, right? And fit walking has been a great template. So, so let's, uh, let's give it a time to introduce each other, I mean, ourselves. So I'm going to start very politely down with, with you. Tell us about yourself. Thanks, Marcos. Um, yeah, so I'm Dawn Bird. I'm, I'm a Midwest girl. Uh, born and raised there. And yeah, if I, just a little bit about me. Um, I think part of what we want to do on this podcast is to be authentic and vulnerable and yet also very, um, yeah, also very grateful for the things in our lives that, that happened. And so for me, I was, yeah, I was, uh, raised in the Midwest. I'm one of five kids. Um, yeah, had our family was intact. My parents divorced when I was 25, but up to there, we were at least through 18 years of age, a fairly intact family. And I went to a small school, so lots of opportunities, played sports. I was in band. I was in plays. Um, all five of us kids did really well in school. We were good athletes. We, yeah, were liked by peers and teachers. And capital A, capital N, capital D. At the same time, um, my dad was an alcoholic. And uh, as goes in families of addiction, um, there's usually a spouse or a partner who's pretty um, consumed by that that person's addiction. And so that was very true in our family. And so while all these fairly positive things were happening, there were some yeah, there was a lot of attention spent on my dad's drinking. My mom was pretty obsessed with getting, trying to get him to stop, um, just try, really trying to um, 
keep the house running, uh, keep five kids going. And so there wasn't a lot of uh, opportunities for, um, I think, the, the security, the safety, and the nurturing that I needed. And so I, um, yeah, I figured it out pretty young. Uh, and this is all goes on at such an unconscious level. I didn't think about these things, but man, I needed affirmation, uh, acceptance, and approval. And I'm like every other kid on the planet. I needed that desperately. And I figured out pretty quickly it because of the circumstances um, in my home that wasn't going to happen there. So I, man, I went looking and um, because I was a good student, because I was good in sports, I, I got a lot of that from teachers, coaches, different places. Um, and and that was great that I was able to find that and get that. Um, and those patterns that started us at such a young age, they don't just stop. I didn't graduate from high school. And then I was like, oh, well, now I know that I have value and I'm worthy and I'm you know, worthy of connection, belonging. And I didn't know that in that deepest part of my being. So I just went on living my life that way. Got my, you know, just continue to get accolades from the outside. And I think what really pushed me into my own internal work um, is that I I got a lot of value. I was a mom of three kids and I got a ton of value out of that. Like it, yeah, I mean, I was very conscientious. And at the same time, what was happening was I was, um, yeah, I wanted uh, what my kids did um, was a direct reflection on me. And that's a tough place for kids to be in. Um, they don't deserve that. That's not their, that's not their job to make me feel worthy. And I just had all kinds of wounding and all kinds of stuff just garbled up in that. And so as my kids started leaving, going away to college, you know, when you, when you're raising kids, you think they're just going to be there forever. You know, Marcos is probably at a stage where he feels like yeah. it'll never be just Julie and I, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it does happen. And they started leaving and I was just like, holy, holy, what do I have anything to offer the world? Like, what am I going to do here? And thankfully I, I had some really good coaches and therapists, most who I met through faith walking that helped me to begin to see that, yeah, everybody has something to offer. And even I had something to offer. And, um, yeah. And I, I think that's, yeah, that's kind of my story. That's kind of how I got interested in helping others because I got to a place where I desperately needed help from other people. I couldn't figure this out by myself. Um, and I'm so thankful for, for those people that, that were available in my life at the time that I needed them. And, and I sure hope to be that for people um, who need it at whatever point they are in their lives. Just a real quick, real quick note. I'm married. I've, so I said I have three kids. Uh, two of them are married. Um, yeah, my husband's a practicing physician. We live in Northwest Illinois. And uh, yeah, I, I do a lot of work with faith walking. And then I'm, I'm also starting my own coaching practice. It's awesome, Don. Thank you. I feel that I... Uh, I know you even better <laughs> a little bit now as I hear your, your story. Thank you for sharing it so clearly and vulnerably. You're welcome. BJ, yeah. BJ, what about you? Who is BJ Ramon? 
Yeah, uh, BJ Ramon uh, married uh, as well and uh, three kids. We have a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old. And uh, I uh, grew up in West Texas and a uh, real small town. You know, we didn't we didn't have a we didn't even have like a, a stoplight in the town and didn't have locks on our lockers. So just, you know, a very safe place, you know, and so it was a really great uh, growing up experience. Uh, I have three older siblings that are uh, much older than me. So I kind of grew up as an only child and the youngest child. So so I got both of that spoiledness. Uh, uh, attached to it. Um, so, so yeah, that was kind of the, the growing up experience. Uh, a lot of, a lot of in my family was a lot of addiction all around me, alcoholism, drug addiction, things like that. Um, so, so that was part of my growing up experience. And then, uh, moving to, to college, uh, I became a, uh, a Christian during that time. And so, there was a lot of adjustment in my life, a lot of things that changed for me. And, uh, like I said, ended up, you know, getting married. And then, uh, somewhere around the age of 30, I started asking the question, why, why do I not feel like an adult yet? Um, you know, I, I have married, have kids, have a house, car, everything, you know, all the stuff that you think makes someone an adult, but I still am really unhealthy in a lot of my relationships. I'm unhealthy with myself. And, uh, you know, to circle back to the faith walk. And that's actually, you know, when I came to faith walking and then uh, learned that what it meant to be an adult was to be responsible for myself. And, and specifically emotionally, I was I was responsible in a lot of areas, but maybe not so much emotionally. I hadn't done the work to look at myself and to see where I was missing in, um, in a wholeness. And so a word that really drives me is is shalom you know to to be whole to be in the way that god designed us to be and so it was a shift for me as far as my understanding of christianity it was a shift for me as far as what i need to give time and attention to uh in myself so a lot of the activities that i i give myself to is is seeking out that shalom that wholeness in myself the people around me neighborhood systems so in addition to uh, being a professional counselor, giving time and attention to empowering uh, neighborhoods that uh, need need that uh, type of work and um, and also giving a voice to systems that are that are broken and that need wholeness. But a majority of my time, I'm drawn to to counseling because I can be with people as they also go on that journey to explore wholeness for themselves. So, so that's my draw to to the, the, uh, counseling as a profession and as, uh, something I give my time to, uh, cause it's been real meaningful to me, um, and to help me to think through what, uh, what experiences I've had that, that contribute to unhealth in me and, and how to move more towards, uh, a healthy, uh, responsibility for myself. So, so that's, that's, uh, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> Thank you, BJ. Yeah, a great uh, question, right? Uh, what's that? I don't feel like I've grown up <laughs> yet, you know, some of us. I don't know if there are areas of me where I'm still asking that question, probably, right? Oh, definitely, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, well, um, 
you know, my name is Marcos Leon, and and uh, you know, several people in the faith walking community know a little bit of my story because of uh, you know the the beauty of the community. But I'm originally from Ecuador, um, grew up there, and went to uh, to high school there. Went to college somewhere else, came back, and spent ten years of my adult life in Ecuador. So I'm not like I came. Uh, when I was a, a baby here to the States, actually, I had, you know, part, a big part of my life in, in the cultural reality of, of my of my uh, ethnicity. And the, the three things that I think usually come to mind when I try to, when I think of, me, of myself first is kind of a very specific growing up uh, that I had. I, I grew up in a hotel. And that sounds like super fun, you know, like in a movie or something. And it was in many ways, but uh, um, they had so many aspects of that that was very unhealthy as, as I'm uh, dealing with them, uh, those, those things now as an adult. Uh, my parents had a, they started the hotel and we lived in, in the hotel and it, it was successful, it was good, but it became an identity. It became a very important member of the family, probably the most important member of the family. And, you know, I, I usually remember very clearly making the meaning that, uh, you know, we were some, someone, we were somebody <laughs> because we, we own a hotel, right? And the hotel was the provider, the, the, the giver of meaning and also the giver of problems, you know. Living in a hotel is fun for a while, but it's not fun when Christmas and, and you, you never close a hotel, right? You never turn off, you don't go home. You, you, you are there all the time and it has this this dynamic of, of uh, you know you are so welcoming to people and you want to them to feel comfortable you want them to tell them what they want to hear you know you want to to to, to attend to, to to serve them but inside the realities to make that happen are full of tension and anxiety and and mom has to work and and in the middle of that my dad also um had a problem with alcohol. I had a problem with alcohol, even as an adult. Uh, I, I will call my dad myself as a functional alcoholic. So I had, that's the first thing, you know, a lot of stuff there, but a lot of brokenness too, a lot of uh, performance. Another aspect that, that I think qualifies for me is that I have an experience when I was 30 years old. I, I call it an awakening. You, you can call it conversion. I met Christ. I have an encounter with God. Nothing magic. There was no lights or anything like that. But I was kind of unaware of how at the end of my rope I was. It was not a high crisis. It was just a place of cynicism and resignation in which really I was okay. I was going to be okay with the rest of my life, with a life that was not fully alive not fully human, dealing with alcohol, bad relationships. And I thought that that was it. Life is it. And uh, it was here in the States. I came to visit my mom who have come here uh, where I had this moment in which uh, I, in, in faith walking language, I got access to something that I didn't know that I didn't know. And it had to do with this uh, encounter of, of, uh, of, of grace, you know, Alcoholic cannot, uh, alcoholics in the 12 step tradition talk about this uh, higher power. You know, for me, it was God, and I knew God, it was not foreign, I was not against God. I always knew God, but but I had an awakening to, to this spiritual relationship with God, and that changed my life completely. 
uh, in a nutshell, eventually I, I, I became uh, feed walking. Uh, I, I started working for feed walking. I don't know what did I do to deserve that. You know, I don't know. I was I didn't know anything. I didn't know anybody. And suddenly feed walking came to me as, as something a little bit uh, given as a job. And here I am working in this place where people are asking questions and asking you to, to go deeper. And I hated that. I just wanted to do my job at the beginning, right? And I resisted that for some time. But eventually, you know, this grace uh, of, of community and learning and curiosity and, and not, not judgmental uh, stance start creating openings in my heart. And since then, I have become a student of, of I call it the human soul. I had a, a bit of a crisis at some point. I got really involved in church and, and did everything that I, I knew in church, you know, disciple, leadership, and all of that. But I got to a place still of emptiness. Uh, still, you know, there's something else that prompted me into uh, things like contemplation and, and meditation and mindfulness. I started reading the mystics. <laughs> and that somehow... Uh, added something that until now uh, has become uh, that's something that was missing so here i am you know with a counseling degree yes the, the, the faith walking tradition or work in me and this idea of, of a spiritual direction that is what i i bring that's my cup of tea i i, I love learning those things you know none of those in my mind is enough it's complete there's something that the other brings so Anyway, that's a little bit married to Julie for uh, 10 years. We have uh, four kiddos. I have one daughter that is 26 years old. Um, she is in Finland right now. Uh, and then I have eight, six, three, and seven months. So life is busy, complex, you know, with adult problems of my of my daughter and, ba- and, and diapers are still uh, in, in the middle. So life is full. So anyway, that's me. And um, so I have this, this question. Just one more question. I love, um, so, so the idea, you know, it's, it's like a joke, right? <laughs> so a counselor, right? Uh, a coach and a spiritual director go to a bar, right? And, and what will be talking about? You know, how that conversation goes between the, the counselor with research and psychology and all this amazing thing and the brain and all that, that and the and the coach with the with the practicality of okay, what is the skill? Tell me more and asking us some questions. And the spiritual director that somehow is trying to be quiet and let's be let's let's have a moment of silence and let's look up. <laughs> I don't know how that conversation goes, but that's kind of at the heart of of this uh experiment and i love to hear what thoughts you have around that you know what what are you excited what are you curious about the these conversations that we're going to try to have uh, in the future yeah I, i love what you just said marcos that i think there is a place for all of them and i just imagine this really if the three of us were together at a bar a really rich conversation um each of us sort of um, making uh, space for helping each other think about that particular area that we're really interested in. And hopefully each of us with humility would be really curious and receptive to each other's areas and notice how much 
each person brings to that conversation, each of their skills and yeah, their, their, their experiences. I really hope that that would be present. Indeed. Yeah. Humility. And, uh, I don't know if you use the word respect, but uh, there's a space for all, all of us. Yeah. It's great. I love it. BJ, what comes to your mind as you think of those kind of conversations? Yeah, I, I guess I hope to also see uh, in those conversations, um, you know, the crossover, you know, kind of a motivation that, that simply is coming out in different expressions and how those expressions can be useful to, depending on the individual that we might be serving or, you know, the needs that they have. Yeah. Conversations that are helpful, yeah, indeed, and and we learn from each other. That's a beautiful thought. And don't you mention that? And you know, the, the way that comes, uh, what, what the first thing that actually comes uh, to me and mine is even as listening to you and and your your stories uh, is is the commonality. You know, the, the, the I don't know how to call it human experience, right? I cannot separate that. But even when Don, you were talking about the this need for affirmation and, and affection, and you know, I cannot but see myself in that story. You know, that's something that that uh, somebody calls that kinship. You know, that's my kin. <laughs> I understand that because I have the same needs, and I cannot separate them into that, but uh, in, into one stream only. But um, so that, that's what comes, the commonality of the human experience, the brokenness that we experience, you know, the places where authenticity is, is a gift. Yeah, and I think part of what you're speaking to, Marcos, is just solidarity. That's part of what happens when we hear other people's stories is we don't feel as alone. It's like, oh, I really thought I was the only person. And yeah, just the commonality, the universality of our very deep experiences, I think, is is uh, can be so healing and transforming. Yeah, hopefully, and I, I think that the, it, it speaks to different parts also of our making. You know, um, there is a, a brain and a psychology, and we need techniques. You know, we'll talk probably about habits and stuff like that. That 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 are very, very real uh, in our lives, uh, the, the need of those things. But, uh, but there is also uh, a place of uh, the existential philosophers talk about, you know, this, what's your center? What, what, what happens after that? That kind of question that takes you and face you with something else. And with respect and humility, what, what, what do you think when you think about it? If, if, if we agree that, that there's a space to to wonder and to be curious what comes there and what does what 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 that does to you today you know how that shapes you and and, and the practicity practicality i'm sorry of coaching is beautiful too you know yeah the other thing i was thinking about an area that i've just and so i think what's really cool is i think probably bj has a some areas uh, that he's particularly interested in counseling and and I mean, yeah, counseling and then uh, Marcos with you, spiritual direction, just just some, yes, things that have meant a lot to you. And one of the things that um, I've gotten really interested in is the whole idea of embodiment and our body and our brains. And um, yeah, just a really quick example, I, you, you know, how much our body um, tells us. I, I've just been so aware of that. And so 
just just right now, my husband and I are on a trip to Asheville, North Carolina, and we took a 24 mile bike ride with like I don't know if this is if people will think this is a lot or not. It was a lot for me. There was like a 2,000 was the elevation, so there were some decent hills. Well, I didn't have much anxiety about that. Like we've we we have road bikes, we've ridden. I knew it would be hard. I knew that all of that, but I didn't have a lot of anxiety. But when I thought about doing this, what we're doing right now, I felt it in my body. I felt it in my gut. I felt it. My chest got tight. And so as I'm aware of that, I'm like, okay, so that is telling me something about my, something's been stored in my body that has to do with how I can perform, how much, what performance means, how much value it gives me, um, connection, belonging. And so I, I want, I I think I, I do want people to know too that, yeah, that like we'll have opportunities to talk about things like that too, like embodiment and what's the experience of being in our body and how much that, um, yeah, what potent, what potential there is for healing even as we engage our body. So it's not all just in our heads, like, like BJ explaining this particular counseling uh, theory or um, yeah, our, our connection with the divine, but it's our, but it's our mind to body connection. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. And I think there's just huge potential. So I wanted to add that as well. That's awesome. Go BJ. Yeah, I know. I think that's wonderful, Donna. I love what you're saying. Because uh, I think there is there's a lot to that. And uh, so I found that real inspiring when you're saying that. Um, and even, you know, uh, part of what we're talking about here, mind, body, spirit, you know, an alignment, you know, that the, this is, um, uh, it just makes a lot of sense to me and drives me back to the word I kept using a lot earlier about wholeness, you know, and uh, and making sure that we're seeing health in all those areas that they're, they're working together. So, so, uh, and paying attention to your body, I think, especially, I, I feel like a majority of the sessions I have that ends up what we we talk about is, is paying attention to your body. Cause it's, it's telling you, uh, what's going on. So, so yeah, I love that, Don. Well, friends, this is exciting. I am uh, my, I think my body also is telling me how excited I am because these are the kind of conversations that somehow I, I like, and I know that it's preference, but I think they're very valuable. So whatever you are a coach and you're into the coaching business or coaching experience or you're a counselor or or you you are a spiritual director or you are just a human being that wants to hear about these three different things we hope that uh, you will find uh, some things that are interesting and helpful in in these kind of conversations more of this to come Hopefully next month, uh, I think we will talk a little bit about our different streams. You know, what we have to say about, you know, clarifying what, what counseling is, what what misconceptions might be, and same thing with coaching and the same thing with the spiritual direction. So thank you very much, friends, for your time. And uh, I hope we will be together next month. Thanks, Marcos. This was great.